Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome to Gary Talks 2, episode number 16. Can you believe it? 16. Holy mackerel. This one is titled, The Rise of Violence as a Political Tool. Again. And yes, we have discussed this before, but uh, again, we're going to tie that together, what's happening today with what's happened in the past and is reflected in uh, in my historical fiction series, Journey, which is available on Amazon. Um, so yeah, we've talked about it before, but I think it'd be a really good idea to revisit this subject today as the uh, rhetoric from the far right grows louder and louder and uglier and uglier with each passing day from uh, drag queen Rhonda Santos talking about slitting throats his very first day to everybody's cute little AR-15 lapel pins. It's really getting disgusting. So hop on board the Gary bus, folks, and let's take another trip down good old memory lane and take a hard, very hard look at an era so many of us want to return to for some ungodly reason. So hang on tight, everybody. Speed bumps are ahead. Okay, let's do some specific specifics. Um, like today, uh, when a significant number of people on the MAGA Nazi side of things want to, quote, suspend the Constitution so elections won't, again, I quote, be necessary anymore, there were grumblings about the most basic tenets of democratic governance even back then. Like today, that anti-American crap came from, quote, bitter elite intellectuals, as they were uh, called in the press of the day. And they felt that the concept of universal suffrage, these uh, concepts, quote, and again I'm quoting here, were nothing but schemes to siphon power from superior to inferior types of men. Sounds kind of familiar to me. A famous Boston historian of the day, a guy named Francis Parkman, who wrote a lot, was well thought of, he proclaimed in one particularly uh, virulent rant that, uh, in print that voters were nothing but, again I quote, a public pest wielding promiscuous suffrage against their betters. Sound familiar at all? Hmm. You know, there are several, several prominent instances in the decades of the 1800s where a critical mass of Americans were, well, I guess more than willing to, quote, set aside the Constitution when they did not get their way, particularly if the challenge came from, and again, I quote, others, outsiders, or unworthy people, you know, fellow Americans, sort of, I guess. And it started early on with the very first election and the very first peaceful transition of power. Remember those back in the good old days? One guy would leave, another guy come in. Uh, That was when Jefferson defeated Adams. And then Jefferson, according to the opposition research of the day, would uh, bring the guillotine and French Jacobian terror to America. Adams 
it was said, was intent on returning and restoring the British monarchy. Both out of crap, of course, but hey, who cares when it's just politics? You can say whatever you want. The news was so often full of outrages back then that the papers could hardly account for them all, really. Black voters murdered during Reconstruction in the open. Organized labor crushed with brute force. Urban machines warring like gangs and marching in large torchlight parades through every major city and town. Here's a little side note. The torchlight parade thing was brought into being for as a political campaigning device by Abraham Lincoln. Believe it in the late 1830s. Anyway, these were the years, after all, that saw three of the four presidential assassinations in our history. There were also 70 separate documented instances of violence between lawmakers in the three decades leading up to the Civil War. There is, in reality, a long, mostly forgotten history of political violence in this country. In 1834, during clashes between Whigs and Democrats in Philadelphia, an entire city block was burned to the ground. In 1874, more than 5,000 men fought in the streets of New Orleans. In a raging battle between supporters of Louisiana's governor, William Kellogg, and of the White League, a group allied with the Democrats. Back then, remember, the Democrats were the bad guys. And the nation's record of overlooking the violent prevention of black suffrage is much longer, much longer than its record of protecting black voters. The general public tends to, uh, to view such calamities as a static record of the past. Like I said, it's not relevant. But historians, or people like me that read a lot of history, tend to look at them the way that a meteorologist will look at a hurricane. It's a predictable outcome when a number of recognizable variables align in a familiar pattern. Okay, everybody, you know what time it is. You know you've been waiting for it and wanting it. So with no further ado, or at least not much, here it is. It's the political rant. Yay! Well, it's, uh, it's happened again, folks. It's happened here again in the land of exceptionalism, right here, again. Of course, I'm talking about the mass murder of innocents in Lewiston, Maine. A nice town, little city really, full of decent, hardworking people. I spent a lot of time uh, in my very young youth, growing up around there. My father was a career army officer, and we spent every August uh, when we were on the East Coast up there with his family. And uh, it's hard to imagine that it happens anywhere, but it's especially hard to imagine it happening in a little place like Lewiston. 
So in Lewiston the other night, it was just a, a nice night. Uh, the other night, a, a few of the folks loaded up their, their kids and headed for a youth night at the, the local bowling emporium. Others decided to uh, go hang with some friends for a bit and talk about sports and cars, and sports and family and uh, sports and uh, their dogs and more sports. Nearly two dozen won't be going home again after their night out with their good friends and family, after enjoying their kids having fun. Or maybe they were enjoying a beer in a neighborhood tavern. Nearly four dozen, four dozen, have had their lives shattered by high-velocity rifle bullets fired from a weapon of war by a mental patient friggin' maniac. So the usually, the usual, I should say, morally bankrupt crap has already started coming, pouring out of the MAGA Nazis. Our shiny, brand new, still in the wrapper, got that new speaker smell, the speaker of the house, has decreed this morning that it is too early to talk about it. Boy, there's an oldie and moldy for you. Too early. Wow, I haven't heard that one in years. He, of course, uh, he also sends his thoughts and prayers, but also in the same breath, he says that nothing will change, nothing will be done. You know why? Know why? It's easy. The problem, according to this genius, is the human heart, not the guns. Guess they don't have hearts in uh, places like Britain or France or Germany or Poland or Latvia or Greece or Italy or Japan or blah, 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 off and on. Just us. Yeah, yeah, we're we're all hard, all right. And then once again, as part of the ritual, the stats are brought out and read aloud. 87% want background checks. 83% want red flag laws. 90% want waiting periods. 89% want gun show loopholes closed. And last, but certainly not least, by any means, 85% want an assault rifle ban. That's right, a complete and total ban, like there used to be when I was a kid. So count me in on that, and we don't need those things in our streets. Hey, and I like to shoot, believe me, and I'm very good at it. I grew up on Army bases, shooting in competitions at NRA ranges on most Saturdays. I had a wall full of medals and awards for marksmanship. I was good. But that was way back when the NRA was actually trying to make America a better and safer place. Not the NRA of today. No way. So then the big question is, why is nothing done? Why do we look like fools in front of the rest of the world, not only for the gun violence, for our inability to get the majority viewpoint across to our politicians? Aren't they supposed to be representing us? I mean, isn't that the way it's supposed to work? Why are the politicians able to thwart the obvious will 
of the overwhelming majority of citizens? If I knew the answer to that one, I'd be rich and considerably more famous than I am now. I do believe, however, very strongly that the rise in political violence, the recent one, can, uh, can explain a large part of it. Remember way back to last week when the congressional crown car was running around trying to find a uh, speaker and again embarrassing us in front of the entire world? Well, many of those representatives in Congress and some of their staff, many, reported that they or their wives or their families or spouses were physically threatened, physically threatened for not supporting Gymnasium Jordan, physically threatened with violence in 2023. Well, I guess what's old is new again. And hey, if you're uh, listening to this on the uh, podcast, you can also watch the political rants on YouTube video by going to Gary Talks Truth on the YouTube and uh, check it out that way. So thank you. And I'll be back in a minute. Okay, everybody. Well, that's it for this episode. I I hope you enjoyed it. And it gave your little gray cells something to uh, cogitate on. If you're listening on the podcast, as I brought up, you can uh, maybe be interested in going over to YouTube, where I have videos of the political rant portion of these festivities, dating all the way back to the last episode. So I just started. And don't forget, boys and girls, if you want your uh, voice heard here, drop me a line. It's easy. The podcast at gvbrights.com. Simple, right? This is a podcast. That's my website. The podcast at gvbrights.com. Or just stop by the site at www.gvbrights.com and use the contact page to get a hold of me. I'm also on Facebook at Gary Loves to Write. And uh, Twitter, I don't care what Elon calls it, and Instagram at the uh, at Reader Reclusive. I respond to all messages, as long as they're not from uh, crazy maggots. Especially ones with uh, really cool recipes in them. Seriously, I love to cook. So uh, thanks again for the uh, the gift of your time. That's the only thing we don't have too much of. So thank you for sharing a little bit with me, and I'll look forward to uh, stimulating those little gray cells again in the near future. So in the meantime, adios, amigos.